Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, Paul. Good evening, Andy. Welcome to good evening. our football book podcast. How's things, mate? Very good. Yourself? Yes. Getting on, ready for Christmas? Yes, we're all. Uh, we're all. <laughs> well, I say we're all ready. I think the wives and the girlfriends and the partners get it already. Generally, us blokes do nothing. We just yeah. turn up for Christmas. And um, that that's the way that's the way it goes. <laughs> it, I think, like humanity, it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the female of the species. Oh, absolutely! I see. It's the fifteenth today, so uh, when we're doing this podcast, and that means to me, I've got ten more days. Yes. So uh... <laughs> yes, not only I'm are sure. you brilliant with books and academia, etc., etc., <laughs> you're bloody good at mathematics. I love the way <laughs> on the top of your head. No, not not even a, a sparing a thought moment. You straight away pinpointed this ten days to Christmas. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, thank you for giving me that. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure if it was that hard, but uh... you get up and do <laughs> the do the advent calendar thing still, or are you too oh, old? Yes. I'm too old. Oh no, I do. You're it. a lot younger I... than me. Yeah, I do. Well, I've got a daughter, so she's got one kind of thing, and I, I, um, I remind her sometimes. So, uh, uh, but sometimes I'm tempted to have the chocolate myself. Absolutely. Um, and <laughs> just briefly uh, tell the listeners about myfootballbooks.com. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm loving your. Have a good night, Bab. Uh, I'm loving your your mugs, your 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 book. Um, Thank you. What are they called? Bookmarkers, and yeah. and the way that that you, the way that you market myfootballbooks.com, I think it's fantastic. You're always putting out books from now, from then, and yeah. from the future as well. You're almost like one of these World Cup time travellers. <laughs> yeah, that's a lovely way of putting it. Excellent. But no, thank you very much. So yeah, uh, my football books. Uh, I'm on the, all the social medias, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, but it's driven from the website that I, that I created of recommended football books, those that's coming soon, one that's been recently released, and as you said, um, football has got a long history, so it covers all areas of the game, the beautiful game, both on and off the pitch, and uh, thank you for the mention about... Um, uh, I've got some merchandise, some football mugs, um, and football bookmarks, uh, if you would order them now, if it's post uh, delays, etc., I think they should arrive by Easter. Um, if you were to order anything, everyone's on strike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, uh, uh, but I'll endeavour to get them a little bit earlier than that. Fingers crossed. But uh, no, it's uh, yeah. So the website, um, yeah, it's, it's essentially I'm here to promote football reading, and uh, as I think I mentioned last night, I might I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. When I've done my research, we are, or I now have the largest 
football book dedicated to only websites in the world that I am aware of. So, uh, uh, and and the last thing I do is a monthly newsletter, so now to any subscribers, which is basically a review of what books have come out the previous month, what's coming out this month, and um, uh, any recommended reads uh, and other uh, details around books that are featured basically during the month. Fantastic. If Roy Castle mm. and the McQuirters were still about, you'd be a record breaker. You would be <laughs> on record breakers, wouldn't you? As you know, the most, as you've just alluded to there, um, yeah. the most prolific, shall we say, because I like that word prolific, yeah. football book promoter, etc., in the world on this yeah. planet. Um, there may be other worlds and other planets and apparently Christmas we're going to have first contact with aliens but at the moment right. we don't know about aliens uh, we don't Excellent. know about whether they do play football or not and if they yeah. do they probably haven't got a better player than Messi I think an no. appropriate <laughs> place to start tonight would yeah. be the book that you recommended for um, the Current Views podcast this week and that's 1923 the life yeah. of football a hundred years ago. So we're going to be looking at the future. You've got all yeah. your books and you go down your path. My yeah. path today is I'm going to be giving a shout out to all those books and players that I've interviewed and done podcasts with this year right. in 2022. I think I've done something like about 80 podcasts this year. Wow, excellent. Know, and like how many it. hours is that? That must be a good few hours of material as well there. Well, it's not just, yeah, it's not just doing the podcast, it's doing the research mm. for the podcast as yeah. well. So, yeah. so, yeah, absolutely spot on. And as a well consequence, done. I don't read that many books, but I do read about a third of a lot of books. A little bit yeah. like, you know, at our age, where we go to bed, we put the telly on in the bedroom, and we yeah. rarely see the end of it. <laughs> Excellent. But I assume you've still got um, the 1970s by Richard Crooks. Yes, hand. the bookmark yep. is still in there. <laughs> Excellent. It's For in, regular listeners, they'll know what I'm referring absolutely. to. Absolutely. <laughs> it's in the hole of the wall, but as it's Christmas and we, right. have, we have nine grandkids, <laughs> the Christmas presents get put in the hole in the wall. So, yeah, Richard's book is in there with my bookmarker and I will get Excellent. it out in the new year. Because it is a fantastic read. And I am trying to double down and focus on 70s books. I have done a lot of that this year. And going forward, that's the decade that I really want to focus my attentions on. And what a decade as well. Yeah, absolutely. 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 1923, um, the the White Horse final, Billy. Um, Yes, yeah, the infamous White Horse final, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the Villa flag that shot. Yeah, Tommy Tommy Ball. It was actually a, the book came out um, just this year, actually, yeah. based on that um, very story, the Armistice Days. So, uh, um, yeah, but it was just a visit. Yeah, nineteen twenty-three. It's life in football one hundred years ago. Obviously, it's still going to be relevant this time next year. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, it's come out just before the, the start of the new year. But it's yeah, it's, it takes a um, as it says like a deep dive into the matches personalities that lit up the game over a hundred years ago um, and how it's changed and how it's massively changed hasn't it certainly in the last well you, you could also say in the last 30 years with the Premier League etc but over the last hundred years yeah it talks 
very much about the football, but also about the social history of how fans and footballers lived, and uh, how it's you know changed and what they ate, drank, and how they spent leisure time. So it covers a broad area, you know, in outside uh, and around the game itself. Uh, and then obviously the painful legacy of World War One on the game yeah. that's um, you know followed uh, before that. Uh, and the emergence of top professional football in Europe. And it's, uh, it's a unique look, yeah, the, the memorable year uh, in football and beyond. So, fantastic read. And if anyone is interested in history and football, you know, it ticks both boxes. And, uh, yeah, excellent book by Marvin Close and from the excellent uh, Pitch Publishing. Yeah, Pitch do some phenomenal hmm. titles. Uh, yeah. There, there are other uh, publishing houses about the uh, yeah. th- there's a number of what they tend to do some some publishing companies tend to look at history books some look at yeah. other kind of books don't they uh, yeah. but pitch really cover a wide spectrum of football books interesting football books as well i'm always looking yeah. at pitch titles and thinking Oh wow, that that's a book that needed to be written, and Pitch yeah. just published it. So so well done, Pitch, and well done to all the other publishing houses, Absolutely. because without them and without the authors, without the journalists, mm. without people like you promoting them as well, Andy, yeah. you know people wouldn't hear of these books, and I think it's vital. Since 1992, when football was invented, I don't know how you got yeah. this book in 1923, because football wasn't about back then in 1923, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but if you were you know, in the sky. Yeah, absolutely. It is just about the now, and I don't yeah. like the now. I love the then. So well done yeah. to all these uh, people that play their part in educating us about yeah. football, the beautiful game. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. I think it's um, it's probably fitting to say coming up towards the end of a, another year. I think um, I, I started this website um, obviously during COVID, which is one of the um, uh, upsides of having some time um, when the furlough was happening, which seems such a long time ago, yeah, now COVID. But during those last two years and time, probably the year or so before that, the football book industry let's say has really took off mm. uh, and it's people like Pitch Publishing and the you know various other publishers out there that allow and give yeah the authors the opportunities to you know put pen to paper and produce these I, I sometimes amazed for example like Pitch Publishing how they manage to produce so many yeah. it's always fascinating and uh, yeah the artwork they have of their books as well as prints as well as you've seen it yeah, really brings it to life as well they look good Absolutely, because at <laughs> the end well of the day, <clears throat> yeah, you need the money to invest mm. into the books, and everybody yeah. needs to earn the corn, and yeah. uh, and hopefully they do, and it continues. And um, yeah, my first pick is one from Pitch Publishing, uh, Gary Edwards, Summer of '63, Revy's plan for Leeds United, and I've done oh, a podcast cool. with Gary about that. Great lad, phenomenal. Um, insight to Leeds United yeah. Football Club and uh, massive, massive Leeds fan Gary is. Yeah. I really enjoyed his company making that podcast. And again, <laughs> an iconic cover. It was phenomenal cover. Great book. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, phenomenal writer. He's written a number of books. Yes, I, yeah. I wouldn't, I couldn't even guess how many, but it must be. Well, I don't know how many, but he's, yeah, he's um, prolific, isn't he? Leeds. I think yeah. he's common as all his. I think he features in the Leeds United match day program. Yeah, I remember does. reading yeah. that. Yeah, 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 he does. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's done a lot of um, a lot of excellent books on Leeds United. What, yeah, what a great time that was. Yeah, for Revy's plan for Leeds United, wasn't it? So. Yes, and um, also as well, I did a podcast with John hmm. Giles. Uh, his, oh, his, okay. name, his name isn't Johnny; it's John Giles. Back in <laughs> uh, back in April. Um, yeah. I think his football, his autobiography is the football man, isn't it? Um, and it's a, uh, a particularly yeah. good read. And uh, what a what a font of knowledge of the game of football John Giles is. So yeah. that's a nice little um, connection there because in the summer of 63, uh, literally yeah. it was the summer of 63, that John... <laughs> Uh, signed late summer because it was after the uh, first game of the season and that iconic picture of Don Revie taking John Giles away from Manchester United Football Club into yeah. a bright new future at Leeds United with a team that he was building and by didn't he um, didn't he yeah. build a wonderful team at Leeds United did Don Revie uh- Absolutely. I don't know the book with covers because I know there's the, the, the tag, isn't there? The Dirty Leeds tag. And it's prevailed for, well, since then, isn't it? Really. But, um, yeah, but they, yeah. but but with that Dirty Leeds tag, when they yeah. looked at Dirty Leeds, mm. it was all the Leeds United teams. It was the kids' teams. It was, the, yeah. you know, so, yeah. I mean, they used to have about seven teams in them days. So it was taken the disciplinary <laughs> record from. All of those teams, and and it was a, it, and it was a moniker that stuck. And I'm not saying that Leeds didn't put themselves about a bit because they did, but every team had their hatchet men in those yeah. days. And John, in particular, got smashed a couple of times. Once at Birmingham City, and then yeah. uh, secondly at um, at Chelsea. Uh, when yeah. Eddie McCready assaulted him, and John <laughs> said, "After that, after that, I made sure that I got in there first. In fact, he did get Eddie back, probably seven, eight years after. And yeah. and he said to me in a podcast, I waited for him, and I knew I could hit him now. And he and he <laughs> hit him. And and after Eddie McCready says, John, what was that about? And he said, yeah. he said that was about Stamford Bridge." <laughs> All that, eight, I, eight years ago. I think he said it was eight years ago. He said, right. John, he said, no, no, I couldn't let that go. I couldn't, I couldn't let that go. <laughs> so <laughs> he had this little black book, that him and Charlton, that whenever somebody laid it on him, they, they did get double dosings back. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of the famous, uh, the interview when uh, Cluffy had his influence 44 days. Yeah. And he had that interview, didn't he, in the studio with Don Revy. Yeah. Uh, I always remember cracking coffee had these lines, didn't he? But there was a line that, that Revy had said about they were top of the tables for entertainment, top of the tables for this, and coffee bit back straight away and say, "You're also top of the table for disciplinary." Yeah. Um, well, he made sure he got a little jive in there. So uh, yeah, it was infamous, wasn't it? Absolutely. That, that team, but what a team as well, though. But again, yeah, because 
it, there's always an imbalance with Leeds cheating, Leeds dirty, and all the rest yeah. of it. But Leeds were cheated out as much as they were accused of yeah. cheating, particularly in the two European finals of '73, yeah, uh, yeah. Cup Winners' Cup, and then uh, the European Cup of '75. So it was always something that was levelled at Leeds, but it wasn't a particular level playing field because it yeah. was never balanced. But I think that always happens against really, really successful teams and people. Yeah. They tend to have the mud thrown at them, but um, yeah. you don't tend to look at the balance inside of it all. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, incredible great. relationship, didn't he, with Giles, with Billy Bremner, oh. locals, didn't he? Well, Alan Clark had the the, uh, the best relationship with, with Billy. Uh, they mm. they really mm. were like brothers. Alan said yeah. to me, I've done a podcast with Alan, and he says, Billy always you know, see me as the, the brother that he never had, of course. Alan had a few brothers that all played the professional game. But, um, yeah. but yeah, a wonderful book. Uh, yeah. Gary Edwards, Summer of 63, Revy's plan for Leeds United. Excellent. Oh, what I could just add as well, though, because Gary Edwards, he wrote a book, I remember, about, because uh, you meant about the cheating, uh, they were cheated out, weren't they? He did a book, um, no glossing over it. Yeah. Our football cheated Leeds United, and they missed out, didn't they? On, yes. Well, the biggest prize, the European Cup in '75. European so, Cup '75, um, yeah. and, and the uh, Cup Winners' mm. Cup in '73. And in, yeah. I'm not sure yeah. if it is that book, but Gary was telling me, you know, when he was researching for a book, and yeah. he was tracing the referees of the two finals. Right. He traced the um, the referee of the seventy five cup final. Couldn't trace the one right. for seventy three, you know. Oh right, you know? okay. And Alan <laughs> Clark told me because Alan wasn't there uh, that night. I think it was played yeah. in Athens, wasn't it? I think it was in Greece that they played that final. Yeah. If m- memory serves me right. And he said yeah. the referee arrived on the same plane as the Milan players. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So what have you got for us? I'd like okay. a few titles um, that that you've yeah. enjoyed this year. Um, yeah. You yeah. always put your recommendations on your website. So what's your top recommendations? And also okay. what titles have we got coming out in 2023 as well, Andy? Right, it's going to get okay. our juices flowing. Yeah, okay, excellent. Well, let me start. I suppose if I mix, um, so uh, what I'll do is just look at back, like the books that have been recently released, so back in November, but I have also already, it's, I've, I've done like, uh, I do it every year, I do um, a line with the advent calendar, so tw- uh, countdown to Christmas, so yeah. uh, a book every day, uh, so 24 books. Uh, and the one I um, talked about today was Remarkable Football Grounds. Yeah. Uh, a new book that came out in November is by a guy called Ryan Herman and um, anyone that loves uh, what a good picture book um, it's, it's, yeah, it's fascinating it's not just your uh, well known uh, football grounds it's ones that are just look just look incredible you know the scenery where they're set in it's a magical book by um, Pavilion Books another publisher which I must admit I wasn't so familiar with until uh, I've got this one um, but it's a classic coffee table type book uh, great imagery uh, and yeah, highly recommended. Fabulous book. 
um, of yeah, books of various shapes and sizes from across the world. Um, but yeah, it's just beautifully put together. Uh, yeah, I really recommend it. So it covers a number of grounds. You've got some really odd ones right up to like, Tottenham Hotspurs ground. You know, I don't know if you've ever been. I've not been myself, but it looks a stunning ground. That does, doesn't it? That's a modern style, mm. isn't it? So, um, yeah, it's got their own different... Did they, in 442, <clears throat> did they feature that book? Because I remember a few months ago in 442, they yep. they um, featured on uh, a lot of football grounds from the book. Yeah. And there were some iconic grounds and then some real phenomenal, like top of the mountain in Wales and, and yep. stuff like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It, I, would have, I won't be surprised it's the same one. Yeah, yeah I won't yeah. be surprised. If it, yeah. I've not seen the 442 magazine, but I won't be surprised it's yeah. the same one. It came out recently, so yeah. if you've seen that recently, yeah, it would be. Yeah, because it is books that's well known as well. Like, um, Boca Juniors ground, which is a ground I'd love to go one day. So, um, but it's yeah, iconic kind of the ground there. When uh, yeah, the atmosphere of that particular one. But it's also like grounds like Craven Cottage. You know, got some great character yeah. about it. So it's a mixture of grounds, both the modern ones that look beautiful, but also the ones that seem <coughs> scenes of uh, yeah, high in the mountains, as you say. The one on the, the front cover. Uh, is literally on a little island in the, pretty much in the middle of nowhere. So a collection of islands. So how on earth the away team gets to the ground? So I have no idea, but uh, it's a good old trek. But yeah, it's a great book. Remarkable football. They books. they uh, probably get there the same way as Birmingham City fans arrive when they go to Millwall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So no, great book, that particular one. Um, and if I could pick out another one, then I suppose from the same as well uh, that came out this month is the three lines on a shirt. Okay, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, it's the official history of the England football jersey. It's another classic. Like um, yeah, I've used the phrase because everyone's probably familiar with it, the coffee table kind of book. It's a massive book. Yeah, you know, it's proper heavy. I've got it in my hand at the moment, and it's yeah, it's quite a chunk. Uh, it's proper hardback, and uh, it just goes through. Yeah, so. It's about the pictures of all the football uh, shirts that have been match-worn, but it's a history as well of England um, right away from the the starts in the... Um, 1872. Late, uh, yeah, that's it. Mm. Yes, you can see that. You got it. Yeah, so when uh, the 30th of November, 19, 1872, when they first played a match against Scotland, uh, in Scotland, I think it was at uh, a cricket ground in Glasgow, there is yeah, a book, just, isn't uh, there, mm, that, that you yeah. sent us a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, you got it. The eleven something. It is. Oh yeah. Uh, goodness, it goes right off. To, it'll come back to me in a minute. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can yeah, dig it focused, out. I've got it all. Yeah, the elevens. Yeah, the elevens. Uh, yeah, they focus just, just on the game itself and the history behind it. Mm. Yeah, that's it. But so yeah, so that's a fantastic book. Yeah, the three lines on a shirt. It's a huge book. So uh, there's a lot of people, as you see, you know, on Twitter and well, all social media, are massive fans of football shirts and some iconic shirts. And obviously, you've got the 1966, but you've got the the classic Admiral one. You know, the the late 70s, early um, 80s as well. Some uh, cracking, yeah, picture book, cracking book. Uh, you've got through the, um... vision. 
Shirty, the Admiral mm. book as well, while we're talking about England, that's yep. come out not long ago, hasn't it? Yeah, get get, uh, get, get shirty. shirty. That's yeah. the one. That's it, yeah. That came out via Conquer Editions. Yeah. yeah. Which basically captures about Admiral, the fall and the rise uh, of uh, Admiral as well. Yeah, quite a, yeah and, and, and again, quite a um, quite a shirt that divided the country, didn't it, Admiral? Mm, Whereas, yeah. you know, I mean, Reavy brought it into England, um, yeah. and there was a lot of, at the time, financial uh, situations, scenarios. Lots of yeah. people didn't like the Admiral kit, but it's it's almost because it's not there any longer. It's almost yeah. become iconic, hasn't it? The Admiral yeah, kit. Yeah. You know, I mean, you wore them that weren't the best to wear as well, but but they <laughs> have somehow become so iconic. And um, it is. The, the, it's strange, the, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. Well, something's more popular now than it probably was then. I think it's, it's like uh, when someone strange. dies, isn't it? They're so Maybe, much more yeah. popular. And I think <laughs> with the Admiral kit, I think there's a lot to be said uh, for that. Yeah, we all like to be remembered, don't we? But there were a, yeah. there were a small Midlands um, uh, Midlands underwear firm. They were when they you know they changed football forever when they won the contract. They were, they were England's kit supplier, mm. uh, and they just had bold designs and branding. It was yeah. quite controversial at the time, but they did pioneer today's like multi-billion pound sportswear industry because the shirts you see now, don't you? It's just, well, you've got all shapes and colours and well, everything, haven't you? So it's some horrendous, really yeah. horrendous, isn't it? Yeah, they tend yeah. to put a shirt with what will go with a pair of jeans on these days, whereas, yeah. you know, back in the day it was about football shirts and they went a little bit. Was the Coventry yeah. kit, was that the the chocolate kit in the sky Chocolate blue? brown strip. That was Admiral yeah. as well, wasn't it? The Man United. So many yeah. iconic shirts, you know. Admiral done, as you say, done an awful lot for uh, English football shirts and I don't know whether they ventured and went further you know into Europe and further afield yeah. I don't know but I think that's a great book for uh, yeah. if, you, if you're a collector of football yeah. in fact the only shirt that I've got um, I'm no in no way shape or form am I a collector of football shirts but I, I wanted Gunter Netzer shirt I mean right it it isn't a match-worn Gunternetzer Borussia Mönchengladbach 1973 shirt, but right. you know it is a a shirt that 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 I ordered. I think it might have been from Tops, because um, there are oh, yes. yeah, yeah different football yeah. companies uh, or companies that um, flog your football shirts. So yeah, well done, and that sounds like a fantastic read if you love your football shirts. Excellent. I think you could squeeze into it as well, Paul. Um, yeah, I probably yeah. could. To be fair, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm not much above my old fighting weight. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, excellent. So yeah, no, a couple of great books there. Yeah, around shirt, shirt books are really really popular. Uh, like shirts in general. So uh, yeah, great ones. Um, so yeah, if I mentioned probably sort of a couple of November releases, um, I think you might have touched on this in the last podcast. So actually, I think it was released back end of October. It was the match of the century. Yep. Uh, by Matt Clough. Yeah. So England Hungary and the game that changed 25th football November. forever. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So great book that one, and one that sticks out for this year. And it was very much about 
yeah, it was an iconic game for a number of reasons. It was West versus East, capitalism versus communism, yeah. The masters versus the students, and yeah, iconic, wasn't it? And a great book, so that was up by uh, History Press, one that I really enjoyed that came out this year. And it was only the fact that um, Stalin died that they mm. were able to get the game on, wasn't they? Yeah, that's it, yeah. You know, absolutely. I mean, a phenomenal... On the podcast this week, Alan was talking about that game and going back to the drawing boards, he said, because that's what we did when we got absolutely yeah. smashed 6-3 by Hungary, uh, yeah. 25th of November 1953. We went back to the drawing boards, but Alan put it so eloquently. The people that went back to the drawing boards wasn't very good at drawing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I think, and again, what we have to say is the influence of that iconic game was the great Jimmy Hogan that taught yeah. more or less yeah. the whole of Europe how to play football. Sadly yeah. and unfortunately, the English didn't listen to him, and as a consequence, yeah. we haven't done very well, and they have. <laughs> yeah, they they just excelled in there and took it away from us, and yeah. the, the rest is history, as they say. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, excellent book that particular one. Um, I've got a whole host of books I can. Um, so if you want to pick up any of you, you, you I've got just there, crack, but I'll keep you cracking crack on. on got, you talk. I, I do just <laughs> want to mention uh, denied promotion by a tree by Les Scott. I think we probably mentioned that in the last yeah, podcast. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that, yeah. yeah. I'm going to, yeah. um, I've got a, uh, I shall be buying that book. I haven't got it as yet. But I think it's just football facts and it was a yeah. fact that the A-team were denied and I'm, I'm, I'm just dying to know what team were denied promotion by a tree and how. But I'm sure <laughs> in this book by Les Scott, when I buy it, I'll read it and I'll find out and that's the thing about books, whether they're factual history, etc, etc. It's all about yeah. learning about the game of football. So I'm going to shut up for a bit and let you crack on with some wonderful titles that you've got there. <laughs> that sounds a cracking story, though, doesn't it? it does. um, a book that came out uh, in November, I was sent to me by um, uh, Harper Collins that do a range of books, uh, not just football, but across all areas, fiction, non-fiction. Uh, they released uh, the Mark Noble's book, uh, The Bowling Boy. Okay. So, yeah. uh, and I'm glad it was released actually when he finished his career as well. Yeah. Football books are always better when they finish playing football. Yeah. It's a much better read. So, uh, um, but yeah, he's a he's a he's a classic one um, club man, isn't he? So uh, uh, he he joins. He was born and raised in Canning Town in the area, and he joined the youth squad in the year I think it was 2000. Made his senior team debut at 17. Uh, and yeah, made more than 500 appearances for his boy or club, uh, all under one belt. And um, yeah, it's just a look back on his remarkable career, really. So uh, he's a genuine ambassador, a local legend. Um, so it's a really good story. Must read for obviously West Ham fans. Um, but it's great. I, I, you're not, there's not many like that, is there? Mr. West Ham, isn't it? He's one club man. We used to have them, didn't we, many, many years ago. Uh, and probably Mark Noble's arguably one of the, the latter ones. Uh, I'm sure there's ones that will jump out, but yeah, he's one of them. So, um, but that came out. Um, yeah, I, I, one, I think I think at the top level, mm. uh, which West Ham are yeah. at the top level, Premier League. Yeah. Um, I think it's so much more difficult to be that player that stays and plays 500 games for yeah. one club. I think yeah. in the lower reaches, 
it's um it's it's easier because you yeah. do get these club legends that you know look at where they are in the food chain and the pecking order and think would well, you know what I might as well stay here because I'm a legend yeah. and if I move yeah. up it ain't going to happen so I think it is a lot easier to do it at the lower reaches yeah. but at the top yeah. level I think Mark is I think he's the last bastion of that loyalty yeah. Uh, yeah, football agreed. player and, and I yeah. don't think at the top level apart from apart from when you're at the very top like yeah. a Ryan Giggs or a Paul Scholes etc yeah. and they'll say well why didn't they move <laughs> mm. Be- because they never needed to <laughs> they're, they're no. at the top with Manchester United so if you get to the top at the top top level it's it's easier but for yeah. most football clubs at the top <laughs> level I think it's very difficult and usually they're there yeah. for a couple of three seasons move on move on move on where in the 70s we had players that stayed at football clubs yeah. forever in a day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There wasn't the influx of players from all no. parts of the world as well, was there, as there is now. And so, we only uh, played with 11 men and a substitute. Yes, yeah, he did have, what is it now, five subs? Five subs. I'm not sure, I'm track now. Yeah, I, I mean, you track. can probably have about 10, but, but five can come on <laughs> at any given game. Yeah, Crazy. but I didn't realise actually you could have an extra one in extra time. I'm sure it happened in one of the games at the World Cup. Yeah, I don't so, know how they like, work it out now with the get yeah. concussion subs as well. It subs have lost. Yes, me. that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, it's always changing. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Mark Noble's um, book. So came out last month. Uh, a shout out for a couple of others who came in November. And Martin O'Neill released his um, book uh, on days like this. So his life in football. Uh, and um, yeah, so uh, I've not read it myself, but um, yeah, what a what a career he had. Uh, obviously at Nottingham Forest brings to mind. Obviously my club uh, and under the Clough, um the Cluffy days didn't always see ITI then too, but he, he massively respected uh, Cluffy uh, and obviously influenced him on his in his own managerial career with uh, Leicester, where I think he won the League Cup twice. I think it was. Uh, and then obviously had times uh, we well, had a brief by the Forest uh, as well as up to, uh, the other side of the border at Celtic and then at international level as well and Villa as well and Villa yes of course yeah, yeah Villa yeah mm-hmm. absolutely so uh, that came out um, last month uh, and um, so also one that has arrived recently to me uh, is a book called When the Circus Leaves Town this okay. has come out via pitch and it basically it says what happens when football leaves home so it's a book about uh, basically when it explores basically the impacts it has when clubs um, basically move home they leave so for example uh, Roker Park up in Sunderland yep. Middlesbrough and it talks about how the area has changed and yeah. why that move happens uh, but it's really fascinating because it interviews um uh, like the club officials, some of the developers, politicians, fans, etc., mm. to understand the reasons behind. But it's really cool because it covers lots of ones you'll know about. So you, you know, you think like Manchester City, you know, Moss Side. What an area that was! I remember going there once, and I couldn't wait to get away. But anyway, um, <laughs> when you but now you look at it, the Etihad. It's you couldn't get more chalk and cheese, could you really? Um, from <laughs> from one ground to the other, and. Um, but yeah, so then it also talks about the clubs 
uh, Derby County, when you think of the baseball grounds, out Pride Park, very similar Leicester, Filbert Street to um, the King Power, and also Coventry is another one that springs out. The Highfield Road, I don't know mm. if you ever went there. It was certainly had character. It was right, yeah, it was, it was, wasn't it? So, yeah, uh, great, and then now the Rico, and I've been, I've been to the Rico. It's an incredible Rico. I've been there because you've got the the casino, and it's just amazing the ground. But it's nothing like uh, Highfield Road. Um, but I yeah, think if we go back to the original, nineteen twenty three, mm. you know mm. when football mm. started in the eighteen hundreds, and yeah. they were starting to develop grounds uh, because. They they start at a football ground. For instance, yeah. my team were Small Ether Alliance back then. We yeah. played in uh, Ladypool Road. We played yeah. in Arthur Street. And then I suppose the most famous of the old Small Ether Alliance grounds was one that we had in Munt Street. And then in 1906, uh, they moved to... Um, we went to uh, St. Andrews, which, which yeah. is now uh, in Garrison Lane. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but but what had happened? They they then built these bigger grounds because football was developing, mm. but it was always yeah. in a um, a kind of housing estate, wasn't it? It was in in a yeah, place because of the transportation in those days. Fans yeah. couldn't. Or didn't have cars, so <laughs> you build the grounds in you know a real hub area of yeah. your big cities. Now, roll it on hundred years, they're moving out of town, aren't they? They're they moving are. to places further out because of the car, etc., and the transportation yeah. network. They want to get it out of them areas, and I think that'd be a great book because it would then tell That's the great. story about how them areas almost have have died because the football wow. ground isn't within the hub of their community. It's funny you should say that because there's great pictures of uh, the Victoria Ground, Stoke. Yeah. So you yeah. remember uh, the Victoria Grounds, and it's got a picture of it the way it was and the way it is now. It is literally a housing estate now. Mm. <laughs> it's completely changed. It's gone the other way and there's a, a plaque on one of the houses where it says that this used to be the home of Stoke City FC. Yeah. So it's completely different. And that's gone out of town, hasn't it? It's... Yeah. Um, on that big hill, isn't it? Where it's the, the coldest ground in the world, pretty much, isn't it? So, uh, but yeah, it's it's fascinating. And mm. these this book is great stories. It's like reminiscing about those. That, yeah, completely different. Um, just a great, just a, a way it was a way football's evolved, isn't it? And it's yeah, the way absolutely. fans evolved, and it's mm. the social, all the social impact. A bit like we were talking about in 1923. Um, but football grounds, uh, that, that's the home, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't hate to think, I, you know, I'm a forest fan, city ground, and we've been rumoured, I remember a good 10 years ago, about moving to out of town, so I'm so glad we'd never done it. I'm happy with uh, having our grounds as it, where it is, and I'm they're, they're talking about knocking down the main stand. It is awful, don't get me wrong, it's awful, the toilets are awful, mm. everything about it is awful, but... It's our awful. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. That's that's just the like, I don't know how old you can put it. So uh, it's part it's of the But this, it is absolutely yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's the, what, what you you should remember isn't it? Your first time you went to the ground, that feeling, and you still have it now when you go. To, I still have it. It feels it still feels the first time I go in. It's that incredible feeling. But this book, yeah, it really brings it to life. It's uh, yeah, certainly one of our picks of twenty twenty two.
uh, and lo and behold, it's pitch again that managed to land this particular one. And the writer is David uh, Proudlove. So yeah, really recommend that when the circus leaves town. And I, I like that title as well, actually. Just Great sums title. it up quite well. Yeah. yeah. Great title. Yeah, absolutely. I've watched a yeah. few circuses at St Andrews over the years. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, and, um, another book that has been uh, come to me recently, um, this is a guy that sent me a number of books, which is great. Uh, Phil Brennan, his name is. But this is called Proper Football. And basically, it's a unique collection of photographs covering the real world of football. So the subtitle is Proper Football Clubs, Proper Football Grounds, Proper Football Fans. So it's basically non-league football, yeah. etc. And it just captures the uh, yeah the imagery of um, yeah, what it is like playing that's um, further down the pyramid and where there's lots of people... Uh, yeah, love the game as, as I do as well. I cover obviously. Sorry, I support my my club, and you know we're in the Premier League now. But there's a, a certain romantic romantic side of um, non football league, and these pictures in here, some of the turnstiles, uh, etc. They're just yeah, it's just brilliant. So it's, it is as it says, proper football. So yeah, great book. It covers a number of clubs uh, from Lower Stoss Town. Uh, I think it covers the Midlands area as well. Uh, yeah, there's a number of um, clubs in this. Uh, just yeah, cracking book for almost like for ground hoppers. You get ground hoppers that love to go to different grounds across um, the UK. So yeah, that's especially called especially that non-league Ooh. circuit, the ground hoppers are rife in there. Yeah, you'll never oh, yes. you'll never meet more nutters at non-league football than than, <laughs> than, than you do anywhere in any other walk of life. It, it almost, yeah. non-league football almost attracts the nutcase, don't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. The, 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 the weirdo. <laughs> There's some characters, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Um, but we love so, them. Yeah, absolutely. No, they're I've read a couple of the books by some of those ground hoppers and they're, yeah, they're, right. yeah, they're fantastic reads. They're just they're proper Adaraks, aren't they? They love it. They proper love it. Adaraks. The I, I'm knowledge. not into train. Yeah, the knowledge exactly. I'm not into not like, for train spotting, for example. Yeah, I always absolutely. They love train spotting. I've yeah. got nothing against you. If that's yeah, your passion, yeah. that's your passion. 100%. But there was a book actually. That's really good timing. There's one that I've um, read recently called uh, "From Hashtag United to Wembley" by a guy called Phil, uh, Phil yeah, Hearn. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's basically if you love non-league, it's just it's travel, it's people watching, and he just. But I don't know why he quite picked it, but he um, he started uh, uh, watching hashtag United versus Chipston in the FA Trophy first, and he just decided to follow the winners of that game, and then follow the winners of that game, and the winners of that game all the way to Wembley. So uh, quite a unique way. He's just documented his journey uh, along the way and some of the characters and yeah, some of the oddballs you do see. So uh, he talks about. Um, uh, he met a, a, what was it, a, a drugs lord or something on a train, uh, gangsters on a train, right. uh, an ex-drug dealer in Stockport. Uh, okay, so, nice. yeah. <laughs> Fascinating people he comes across along the way sort of thing. But uh, obviously running through that, it's just a love of football uh, and a love of, um, yeah, seeing the the uh, ground grassroots, yeah, the classic grassroots. Absolutely. So, yeah, lovely ball. What else you got, mate? Um, so, uh, one I think you featured recently, 
I'm pretty sure he did it, um, a podcast, is by Paul Whittle yep. uh, before the Premier League. Yep, a history but, uh, of football league last decade. Brilliant. Yeah. 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 Fantastic little book. So, uh, and I love the uh, the way it's written. And I love some of the facts inside the book as well. Yeah, that uh, And uh, just facts like um, uh, top goal scorers from these years in yep. all the divisions as well. Division one, two, and three, uh, and like records. Um, what's it? Records, uh, wins, and what have you. So just lovely facts, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's yeah. just a great capture of a yeah. Um, um, and interviews as well. Paul's done a number mm, of interviews with former yeah. players. It's a, yeah. a real good read. He's a good lad, and um, and and he has his presence on social media, and he does his own podcast as well. So yeah, well does done. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Paul does. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I want to do a bit more linking up with Paul in in twenty twenty three. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he's got some real real good stuff out there and in his podcast they talk about football from all over you know not right. just okay. the 70s go back before that and yeah. yeah really really good stuff so uh Excellent. Paul, well, shout out to his website then i know it's it's called the 1888 letter absolutely yeah uh i know because i follow him on twitter so yeah. uh, he shares some really interesting stuff so i was looking at his website I'd, I must have missed that when he does podcasts. So I'll have to dig into that as well, man. Mm. So, but yeah, that's his book. Yeah, before the Premier League, so it just looks at all the major developments that you've seen in English football from I think it goes from 90, yeah nineteen fifties up to obviously the early nineteen nineties, uh, and again how it's changed. Yeah, the playing condition, wages, and the influence of um, all the things that we've talked about: sponsorship, television, uh, and everything that goes with it. Absolutely. Good the <laughs> I'm going to give another shout out to a podcast that I've done uh, quite yep. recently. Um, Alchemy, uh, the story yeah. of Brian, um, Brian Clough and Peter Taylor at Artley Pools United with uh, with uh, Christopher Hall writing it. Uh, great, yep. A great book. Not only does it talk about Clough and Taylor's time there at Artley Pools, but it gives you a real good history and insight as to yeah. what Artlepool was like back in those days. So uh, yeah. a real, real yeah. good read there. Well done, Christopher Hall. Yeah, fantastic. Well, out from the history press, isn't it? So, yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's one of, uh, again, I've, uh, when I mentioned, I mentioned that in the account now to Christopher, it's one I've featured on the um, Football Books of the Year. So uh, great. There's lots of great Brian Clough books out there, and it's a nice, it's a nice one to add to the collection. Bloody, it, bloody it, Southerners. Yeah, that's yes. another one that was that you yeah. you'd put up on your uh, your uh, Twitter and Facebook pages not long ago. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Based on his time at Brighton, uh, also Peter Taylor. So uh, uh, again, very different, <laughs> very different outcome there and story. Yeah, to Hartlepool's, but I love the Hartlepool story because it it gave great link to. It, it, you think of what a what a footballer, what a footballer he was. You know, and then, then yeah. his tragic, you know, the career-ending knee injury. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the top, then that gap in between. Uh, in fact, I saw someone on Twitter recently, he wrote a letter to someone that someone had said, sorry to, to hear about your injury. He writes him a letter, he says, thank you for your, you know, your condolences and messages and wishes. I don't know what I'm going to do next yet. Yeah. And he, you know, you just think about, like, he literally didn't know what he was doing. No, he didn't, do. he hadn't got a clue. No. <laughs> and, yeah. it, and it took him... Um, 12 months to get over mm. that injury 
they knew yeah. that he wasn't going to, but they, yeah. you know, because Cluffy was what Cluffy was, even back then, they said, come on, Brian, you can get back. And he did play two more games for, yeah. um, uh, yeah. for, yeah. um, um, so, was, was it? Sunderland, was it? He started yeah. in Middlesbrough at his home team uh, yeah. and then went to Sunderland, of course, and it was the Boxing Day yeah. 62, wasn't it? But he did, yeah. he did play two more games. He played uh, against Leeds United in his last game. was against Aston Villa. Right, OK. And, and the game that he scored against Leeds United, I think it was the Leeds United game he scored, was his only uh, right. goal that he scored in the top level. But he, he, played, he played against Billy Bremner. That day, Billy. Yeah. Billy played that right. day, which just shows you, you know how how long Billy Bremner was playing football and what God, yeah. what a legend <laughs> Billy was. You know, yeah. Literally, again going back to summer of '63, which it was, uh, you know, round round those times. Yeah, Brian Howard Club. Yeah, yeah Alchemy, uh, Christopher great Hall, great. Yeah, and Bloody Southerners, another great uh, book about Brian, and of course many books. About Brian and Peter, uh, yeah. Peter Taylor's uh, time at Nottingham Forest and Derby County as well. So, you know, yeah. you can get all the books on the times of Brian Clough's years yeah. at the various football clubs, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, and there's one because we talk about Brian Clough. There's definitely one I have to stick out. It's one of my favourite all time. Um, when I did, a, I shared about the top twenty favourite books ever. Is the book he uh, provided you don't kiss me? Yes, uh, which is just a stunning book. It's was that Duncan um, Hamilton that wrote that book. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Twenty yeah. twenty years with Brian Clough. Yeah, yeah. It's just a brilliant, brilliant read. There's one particular. It's the chapter about when his alcoholism takes over, and it's just. Uh, I just even think about it now. It's just a brilliant, brilliantly written. Mm. It's just um, really gives you an insight of just how. Uh, yeah. Uh, how it affected him, etc. So, and Jonathan uh, Wilson's wrote a good book about Brian Clough. Did nobody? Yeah. Was it nobody says thank you. Yeah, great title, lovely mm. cover as well. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Great writer, and he is Jonathan. Yeah, that's the number one. Sticks out. What said. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's plenty of cloth books out there. Yeah. There's even the, the one that was done recently, again, very different, but it was the um, Take Care, Love, Brian, or I can't, sorry, I might have mistaken yeah. the title. 
It was about uh, the, uh, the the lads that went stay with Brian, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. took him took him on a brilliant boat. Yeah, brilliant yeah. boat that is. Mm. Yeah, romantic kind of kind of boat, real feel good, and just uh, shows the compassionate side of Brian. Be good luck, Brian. That's it. He's just come back to me. Yeah, uh, it's about him growing up with Brian Clough, and uh, yeah, he took them under his wing. These two young lads. I think he was just thirteen old, thirteen years old at the time, and Clough just took him and uh, his uh, older brother Aaron. Uh, took him in on a whim, kind of looked after and brought him up. But brilliant, brilliant story. So uh, again, it just demonstrates the the different things about Brian Clough. But we could talk about Brian Clough. I could easily talk about Brian Clough for, all, <laughs> for another I, hour. I think, so, any, uh, I think any football fan <laughs> of a certain yeah. age could talk about Brian Clough forever and a day because Cloughy was the greatest manager that that England never had. You, yeah. you could argue. I mean. Alan Hudson always says about Brian, he says he was the absolute crackpot. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. He had a lot to do with Tony Waddington in those yeah. days as well. I mean, Waddington used to water the pitch for uh, for Uddy. And then yeah. when he was, you know, Forest manager playing in Europe, he many a time watered the pitch against foreign opposition. You know, they, they were really good friends, Tony Waddington and uh, Brian yeah. Clough. But uh, yeah, very different in, characters, but yeah, both great managers. Absolutely, and he's very interesting character, Brian Clough. You can tell we're reading lots of things. It, there's, there's plenty of people out there who will not say nice things about Brian Clough, but that was just the way he was. Terry he Curran, would, yeah, Terry <laughs> Curran would always say great things about Brian. He yeah. uh, he loved he loved Brian. But, yeah. um, not a great lover of Peter Taylor, I've got to say, but he did love Brian yeah. Clough and uh, some funny stories that Terry talks <laughs> and tells about Brian Clough and Peter Taylor and his, his time at Nottingham Forest. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Super. Excellent. Um, next book I've got here, uh, again, out of our pitch, uh, it was a book that was released um, fairly recently called The Roaring Red Front and it's about the world's top left, uh, the world's top left wing football clubs. So uh, it talks about like the likes of, I think you know about St. Pauling in Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, and um, yeah, it's fascinating. Look, just at uh, um, because the author travelled travelled the globe to experience these clubs that's featured in this book to tell you how they grew and how the different fan base. You've got you've got St Pauli, you've got Bohemians, um, and then you've got clubs like over here like Dulwich Hamlet and how okay. they started. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a really fascinating book. Boca Juniors as well, and it's just how. Yeah, they've grew and how they've um, how they've evolved. Really, it's just a different side. It's off the pitch. Really, it's about how supporters have got involved in, in these clubs. So, it's a fascinating insight. So, um, how um, yeah, uh, clubs are very interlined, and there's a it's more than just a football club. It's I think very football much a, clubs are more than just a football club. Mm, they're, a, oh yeah. they're a part of the community, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, I want to yeah. give. I just did reference Terry. Uh, hmm. His uh, book this year, uh, "Give Me yeah. the Ball," a great, yes. a great title, given yeah. g- given to him by an absolute genius. Yeah, absolutely. No great read. Love his love his both his books and his first one as well, Terriers. Yeah, so. absolutely. His next one's called "Steady Away." By the way, he hasn't. Oh, yeah. He, he, well, he hasn't written it yet, but I've I've said to him, "Your next time, <laughs> Steady Away." When we when Excellent. we open up the podcast, those. How you going, T? Uh, steady away. He always says, steady, <laughs> steady away. And, and then, of course, oh, when Terry played football, he would just always say, just give me the ball, give me the ball. 
Where yeah. to, give me the ball. And, and players like Terry Curran, that's what they demanded. They demanded the ball. They didn't fear, fear. Um, yeah. It's so great, Ray Terry Curran. Give me the ball. Yeah. Fantastic. Tremendous anecdotes in that book. So, uh, oh, lots, lots of the major characters. I know he, uh, I love listening to you, um, the podcast every week. Some of the characters he's got involved is remarkable, isn't it? Uh, so, he, uh, he, I talk, he, he talks yeah. about, he reveals that he's explosive but close relationship with Jack Charlton as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, him and yeah. Jack. I mean, yeah. they didn't <laughs> see eye to eye. I mean, he loved the bloke. But, yeah. um, you know, it's again he, Jack's philosophy in football. He didn't like the way yeah. that Jack played, but they uh, come on, T, let's go and have a Guinness. I mean, of course, yeah. the Guinness would be for Jack, but because uh, Teddy <laughs> would, would only drink Coke. Uh, yeah, he doesn't drink, does he? No, no, don't drink. Yeah. No. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah again, I mean, Matt Letizia, you know, Matt Letizia, he's never drunk a pint of lager. Has he not? No, right, okay. No. I didn't know that. Must right, have something okay. to do with Southampton strikers. But no. Yeah. So I did a yeah. podcast with Matt and uh, he, he was telling me he'd um, never... I mean, this was a few years ago, mind. Yeah, But up yeah. to that time, he'd never, ever drunk a pint of lager. Just didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you shouldn't be surprised. There's plenty of people that don't drink, isn't there? No, but absolutely. I don't know what yeah. it is, but in football terms, you, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's a certain... So from a certain time, you seem to think it's. There must have been a drink. There must have lost yeah. a drink, but not everyone did, did they? No. So, uh, but they. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I can mention another one then, so a uh, one that's um, uh, they've produced a number of books this year. Morgan Lawrence Publishing Services, uh, and this is um, I get knocked down, uh, but I will get up again. It's about Danny Wilson. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So. Um, he's he, he played his career. He played non-league football. Uh, he played for his hometown, Wigan Athletic. Um, but he's he's more. I suppose he had, well, he had a successful playing career. He played for various clubs again: Nottingham Forest, Sheffield Wednesday, mm. and then he joined Barnsley as a player coach, and um, he managed them. And he took them to Premier League for the first time in the history. Yeah. So uh, and yeah, and he had a 25 years of managerial career. Um, I think over, yeah, I think over a thousand games he managed, so it's really it. impressive. Did Fjordtoft yeah. play for him in them days? He did, didn't they, Barnsley? Yeah, 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 I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, Swindon? I'm getting a bit mixed up. Well, he managed sure Swindon as well. He yeah. managed Swindon. Yeah, I'd he was have to have a look at that, but um, yeah, I do remember Barnsley vaguely up there, and uh, yeah, and yeah, Danny Wilson, one of those, yeah, one of those unsung heroes. You go, yeah, yeah, I remember Danny Wilson. All right, what did he do? Yeah, well, I yeah. don't know, but I do. He was a legend, <laughs> didn't he, Danny? You know, he's just one of them, one of them players in football that uh, that you do, yeah. uh, you do remember. But uh, yeah, yeah. Like and a proper good. nice bloke he comes yeah. across as well. He's a true football. He's one of these true football men, isn't he? He's one of them. So uh, I think yeah, everyone knows him, yeah. and you just. His Barnsley sticks out because, of course, he did that. He took them to the Premier League, which is incredible when you think about it now. Um, but yeah, but he was at Sheffield Wednesday, Bristol City, NK Dons, Hartlepool again. So uh, mm. and he actually did Sheffield United as well. So he did both sides of the Steel City. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good read, and um, he talks about when he works with Paolo Di Canio as well, um, yeah, which is quite an interesting. Was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and also I do remember he turned. Um, Harry Maguire <coughs> as well from I think he was originally a midfielder into a defender so okay yeah so he was involved in that so mm. uh, and um, yeah 
and how his career is. So he's had his, well, he's had a fairly good World Cup, didn't he? But uh, sadly, it needs to end as it should have. But anyway, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> he's, never, he's never a midfield player. It was a good decision to put yeah. Slab to centre. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, the next book um, is Richard Crooks. So uh, I can't recall if we did mention it in the last one, but if we did, no problem, we'll mention it again. But it was what was football like in the 1990s. Yeah. So his latest instalments, he's in the 60s and 70s, which you've got to read. Yes. Um, the 80s. <laughs> and uh, now you have the 1990s, which is arguably um, quite a remarkable decade for so many different reasons. Uh, when you think about it, and again, it reminds you of, I forget, the things like the Taylor Report, obviously, that came on the back yeah. of Hillsborough. Mm. Then you've got the Bosman ruling. And then, of course, yeah, obviously, the way football changed completely with uh, Murdoch and Sky. And, um, but it, it, there is, what it does remind you as well, there was, you know, there was a, uh, a downside, wasn't there? Football was not exactly pretty to many people, and it had to have a, a bit of a face, but it just. It does just demonstrate how it's just gone too far. It's gone too far the other way. You know, there's. Um, yeah, I think uh, it, it, it depends on the way that, that you look at football, doesn't it, really? Yeah, um, it does. Yeah. You know, we're, we're told that in the 80s it was terrible and hooliganism, but, you know, that wasn't really strictly true, okay? There was quite a bit of hooliganism that was, yep. you know, rearing its head in the 70s, got through to the 80s. I mean,. 70s yeah. were, 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 was just as violent, really, as as what the the 80s were. And, yeah, and then, you're right. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, we had our successes in Europe towards the end of the 70s and the early 80s. So there wasn't an awful lot that needed to be fixed. I mean, 85 right. when Everton won the Cup Winners' Cup. I mean, yeah. that, um, Goodison mm. Park was absolutely rocking me. I think. Yeah. I think what happened which fundamentally changed the fabric of football in the 80s and the narrative mm. is about the hooligans, etc. But Europe's always had a, a problem in football with hooligans, not just us in England. Yeah. But when they banned us and Everton then couldn't go and play in the European yeah. Cup, that yeah. had a massive impact. And, and I think that that had more of an impact in the, the way that football was going rather than the hooligans because yeah. they, they were about for a long, long time, but it was just not playing in Europe. It, I think from being kings of Europe to not being able to play in Europe, I think yeah. had a massive effect on, on English Definitely. football and British football. And I think you can link into that. There's a, there's a subtle link of uh, the growth of media as well. So yeah, it was... Blown so any kind of incident was blown out of proportion, so it definitely yeah. affected the image, which comes across yeah. when you look at the 90s. So the image mm. was there, it wasn't necessarily like you said that it had its dark side, but it wasn't that bad. But there was an image, wasn't there? And the, the media certainly captured anything that was slightly wrong, they were on it, you know, and it created well, that's that. That's what the media um, like to do, don't they? They yeah, like to jump do on now. the back, yeah and, yeah, and blow it up and then slag it off. You'll exactly. get a hurricane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you look at Jude Bellingham. I mean, I've yeah. said on Pogger, Jude Bellingham's got better PR than COVID. You know, <laughs> that's all you ever heard. You, but it's the narrative that yeah. the media drive through, and you go, do you know what? That just is not true. But yeah, if you yeah. keep saying things enough, 
about yes. certain things, what the media have done through the ages. You know, yes. again, like with Leeds United, Dirty Leeds, if you keep saying it enough, it sticks. And, and the media, afraid. yeah, have yeah. done a lot of damage to the game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm afraid to say when you think of Hillsborough, the yeah. media, you know, the son, the infamous headline, 100%. you know, and that's linked. And there's nothing to do with hooligans, nothing at all. And that's no. kind of carried a narrative and it's carried a stigma, you know, that's carried on for so long. But um, I know they just love to latch on to things, don't they? I, do, yeah. I mentioned, sorry, I mentioned Harry Kane. He missed that penalty. It's awful. But you forget all the penalties you scored to get there and uh, et cetera. Yeah. So get off his back. I don't know. So, uh, but um, there you go. Maybe a, better, a different manager would have been a different outcome anyway, but there you go. Absolutely, yeah, he'd play, well. play the better players, wouldn't he? You know, our yeah. most creative players wouldn't be sitting on the bench. But, um, yeah. You know, our most creative players were sitting on the bench because we've got a manager who fears fear. I like that um, that meme or whatever they call them uh, on social media. Did you see it with Father Christmas and the sleigh smashed? Uh, on the, on the, that, no. Have you not seen it? It's Father no, Christmas. Yeah, there's, there's a sleigh and, and Father Christmas is underneath it. And the, right. cap, the the caption is, all I was doing is minding my own bleeding business when they're fucking footballing me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. And right, I, yeah. I were cracking up with that. But again, yeah. that's the English psych, that's the English mentality, the, yeah. uh, the way that we can look at ourselves, laugh at ourselves. Of course. Yeah, um, not taking too personal of things, can I? I do remember the commentator actually on that game. I I didn't really catch on to it. Someone said after he referred to, uh, he made a comparison to Chris Waddle or something. Yeah. It just seemed like the wrong timing completely to, because Chris Waddle's obviously bloomed, bloomed over the bar, didn't he, in 1990? Yeah, and then he made a reference to that, which was not exactly. SRB Media. Yeah, so next up, um, I've got back to Morgan. Um, Lawrence Publishing Services. They released a book recently as well uh, from about Tony Daly. Oh yes, uh, yeah. and it's got a forward by Ron Atkinson and Steve Ball. Uh, so yeah, it's called The Daily Record, nicely titled. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, famously for me anyway, Aston Villa. Um, he played, uh, and Ron Atkinson's a subquote is, but it might sound boring, but Tony Daly is what you call a professional. He was easy to work with, so it's about mm. his, yeah, about his career really. He was capped seven times for England uh, on the Graham Taylor, who featured heavily throughout his career because he linked up with Taylor again when he left Villa for Wolverhampton Wanderers, uh, which was then a club record fee of around one point two five million in nineteen ninety four, which seems pittance now really. Yeah, that's it. And he was signed again by Graham Taylor yet again in four years later when he was at Watford, a Watford manager. Mm. So uh, but yeah, so that's uh, Tony Daly. It looks um um uh, yeah, really great read. Uh, and again that's from Morgan Lawrence um that's come out. So Fantastic. um just recently. <coughs> um Linking back to, we just touched about England, didn't we, uh, and the World Cup, um, but there's a book that came out called Something in the Water, and this is the story of England's football talent hotbeds um, by okay. Callum Murray. It came out by Pitch, and it basically explores the workings of England's football talent hotbed, investigating how you created elite footballers. So places like uh, Highton, uh, a town of just 33,000 people, it's produced the likes of Stephen Gerrard, Peter Reid, uh, Joey Barton, Tony Hibbert, 
etc. I mean, it also concentrates on areas in London, which where Jaden Sancho, Sahar, um, Gomez, and a few others are coming from. So but it touches on the England team that played the under 17th World Cup, won right. it under yeah. Steve Cooper, mm-hmm. the current first manager. Um, when you had the uh, Phil Foden playing in that, and I think there was a montage a little bit about that, um, uh, about Phil Foden and that time when they won it in under 17s. Uh, in 2017, but it's basically yeah about it's um, how football is growing in certain areas, uh, so South London state, um, and it's quite interesting yeah how particular areas of England have uh, been hotbeds yeah. for talent, so it's really quite interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, fascinating um, story there. Um, one uh, also from pitch is uh, it's called from beauty to duty. Yeah, Uruguay. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The football and history of Uruguay, mm. 1878 to 1917, by uh, Martin de Cruz. So, yeah, fabulous looking book, and it's just it's a curious case, isn't it? In world football, how how they dominated really, like early Olympic, the World Cup, of course, the first. What was it? 1930 and 34, or was it 38? Okay. 1930. 30 years. Uruguay won the first uh, World Cup, didn't they, in their own backyard? Yeah. Then won it in 50 again yeah. in Brazil's backyard. Be- yeah. Before that, uh, Italy won the first back-to-back 34 and 38. And then we had the war. That's it. Mm. Yeah, of course. That's it. No, but it's a wonderful. It's just it's amazing how a little story made. It's basically a story about a little country that's made it big. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. for such a small area that, mm. um, yeah, when English, yeah, the football went uh, from away from England, uh, it was just picked up by Uruguay, and it's just a curious, yeah, case. And it just talks about the history of how, yeah, it grew Uruguay, yeah, Uruguayan football, and it maps out a journey from, you know, which was pretty much an exclusive pastime of the British. Yeah, uh, but it became a, a national passion for Uruguay, yeah. uh, and it just brings to life the teams, the players, and some of the personalities that was involved in that. So, and it's a, it's a timely because it relates to how Uruguay's national story now. Because they 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 did um, they've had some moments, haven't they, over the years? Yeah, recently, they've, they've so. done really well over the years. Yeah. Uruguay, haven't they? Yeah. Absolutely. This is obviously it's such a hotbed, isn't it? Yeah. As we all know of uh, football in that area of the world with Brazil and of course Argentina now. But any uh, mad how some yeah. nations in South America have been very successful and yeah. then other nations that you could argue yeah. a lot bigger that, that haven't been. Yeah. And, you know, it, it is mad because whenever you talk about Uruguay, you get, well, won the World Cup twice. It's crazy, isn't it? And for a small yeah. country, I don't think they're much bigger than Croatia, are they? I don't know without looking at the facts, but I think they really are a tiny nation. I think the smallest yeah. nation to ever win the World Cup. But um, but yeah, that, that yeah. looks like a fantastic read. Um, yeah, yeah ph- phenomenal uh, Uruguay. Spell it. Uh, yeah. I'm keeping up with the World Cup. Yeah, I'm keeping up with the World Cup theme. There was a book um, also came out called The Making of the FIFA World Cup. Yeah, and it captures 75 of the most memorable moments uh, and shocking moments as well in the history of football's greatest tournament. So obviously, it's been released before the start of the World Cup. Uh, again, it's come out through pitch, uh, written by Jack uh, Davies, and it picks out all the ones that you know about. So the um, infamous Maradona. Um, Zidane's headbutt, etc. Yeah. Um, 
but also things like another one's off for 1966. You got Pickles the dog. Um, did he, he knit the dog? Uh, he knit the World Cup. If I remember, what did he? He found did it, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, he found it. Sorry, mm. he found it. Of course. So. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then talks about. Um, what the dog talks some, about it. Yeah, the dog talks about it. It's a cracking interview. That would be a bestseller, wouldn't it? I think it comes everything. I was walking down the street, I was cocking my leg up, and someone was going, oh, bloody hell, there's a Jules Rimmey. <laughs> well done, Pickles. <laughs> oh, you're a bear skipper. Yeah, but it's, yeah, great, lo- lovely little stories like that, but it also covers... Like the Miracle of Burn uh, and the arrival yes. of Palais. And uh, also, there's a nice little touch about Grinch. You know, there's another great, isn't it? Yeah, and, absolutely. Because um, that ain't his name, is it? But, I mean, that that's his no. nickname, Grinch. Um, little Bird. Yeah. And he yeah, got that nickname because so. he used to uh, he used to like to shoot little birds, didn't he? You know, yeah. wrens, bang. That was one yeah. of his favourite pastimes. His biography is one of the best reads. Really, really good yeah. read. What a life he had. Oh, what my a life. life. Remarkable. Absolutely yeah. remarkable. He's had more lives. Uh, well, he's had more stories in his life than, uh, well, I can just, yeah, remarkable. Absolutely. Oh, he lost his virginity shagging a goat, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. 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 And, 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 the, and the family, you know, they were... Um, you know, not them, but going back generations. They were cannibals, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I remember reading it, and the and the author was saying it's quite remarkable that they survived because they kept eating each other. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> that's crazy. What a what a play. I mean, there is a school of thought in Brazil that Grinch is the greatest Brazilian ever. I mean, yeah. that's how good that's how good he was because when Pelly was injured in '62, it was. Pretty much Garincha that took on the world and won the World Cup for for Brazil. That's it. So, so yeah, and, and again a name that that gets forgotten and a name that's too good to be forgotten. Yeah, and arguably it's because of how great Palais was, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, either side of that, you know, that's yeah, yeah. why it just gets lost in the story, doesn't yeah, it? Does, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a great, great book. And again, it's uh, greatly timed the World Cup, bringing to life some of those stories. Um, a couple of other books then. There's one that came out, uh, again, History Press. This is about how Britain brought football to the world. Um, so, yeah, and it's basically a trip around how football would, took a journey to other parts of the world. So, uh, wow. how it's, yeah, it went from, yeah, from a pastime in Britain to other areas of the world. So, it's, Similar, similar ways, um, a bit like the origin stories. There was a yes. book that was written by Chris Lee, yeah. you know, about how football was taken, football pioneers. Mm. Uh, but yeah, this is a book. Of, it's a book about football, yeah, but it's also it's a book about the countries of the world, etc. It's all about shared passion and humanity, and basically yeah, how Britain brought football to the world. So that's what I like about books, not just about the football, but about you know yeah. the, uh, the 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 wider issues. And the country and what happened and you know looking at the full picture rather than the little bit of the picture that um, we like to know about. But of course, uh, we like yeah. to know where it come from as well. So uh, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that's a good point. I I, I I I echo that as well. I do love the books that give it 
there's a, it gives it more of a, a meaning to it, doesn't it? And this football has a lot of meaning, doesn't yeah. doesn't it? To and it's it's linked in whatever way you like or not, it's linked to politics as well. There's plenty of books that uh, write about that. Yeah, you can talk about well, you could talk about Qatar as well and all the linkages around that. So yeah. it's always going to be linked one way or another. Um, and a couple of other books I want to give you a shout out uh, is a book called Murphy's Mission. Uh, it's about Colin Murphy football adventures from Sintel back uh, to Saigon. Right. Um, so basically, um, Lincoln City um, uh, fans will be very familiar with him, but it's this last story of a journeyman football manager legend and a self-styled bard of the beautiful game. Right. Uh, his nickname was Murph. So described by John Inverdale as one of my favourite people in sport ever. Uh, his Murph was called the saviour at Lincoln City, young sung here at Hull City and the madman at Southend United. Um, and he also, he had, as a national coach of Vietnam, he was hero worshipped by a nation. So fantastic character. I haven't read the book and I, I don't, I'm not, I don't know how familiar yeah, I don't know how familiar you are with him, but it's got um, extracts from his uh, Madcap Mad program notes and original interviews with uh, former colleagues, including Roy Hodgson, David Pleat, Howard Wilkinson. Um, but he's yeah, very much much loved character. So it's a really interesting looking book, hmm? uh, a fascinating individual. And Lincoln so, was uh, the first team to have City added to the name. Was it really mm, Lincoln? Oh right, yeah, excellent. But yeah, it's an it's an anecdote to the excesses of the Premier League and real football fans. Yeah, would love the yeah, story of just hard graft and survival against the odds. So uh, yeah, that's recent country. It's written by a lady called Sally Mears. That's Murphy's uh, mission. Um, I did a feature article on the website. You can take a look on there, and it gives you a bit more of an insight to that okay. as well. Uh, and uh, so it's finally just one that I featured recently. Um, is how not to run a football club, and this is uh, the subtitle: protests, boycotts, court cases. It's the inside story of Blackpool FC. Yes. Uh, and the yeah, it's a fascinating read. It's just it's one of these. I think, actually I saw a quote that probably sums it up quite well. It's probably one of these that could be turned into a Netflix or a Prime series. Yeah. It's just a remarkable story. The Oysters, uh, it? That's it. Yeah, the Oysters. It's mm. just just incredible. And it's the inside sort of that, how basically one family nearly ran a football club to its death. Yeah. But now the, the community brought it back and um, just remarkable, really. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's a book again. <coughs> it's come out through pitch. Um, it came out earlier this year, but I've, I've included it as one of my favourites from uh, from this year. Well uh, and, um, yeah, fascinating a couple, of books, a couple of books I'm going to give a mention to that I've done podcasts as well with this year. Leo Monaghan, uh, They yep. Shall Not Pass, his, uh, his book. Uh, Excellent. We had a good old chat with Leo, who's a football journalist, uh, does a lot of um, writings, not just in his books, but... Uh, it does. He does. He did a wonderful uh, interview with, uh, with Harland, in uh, 442 magazine uh, yeah. a couple of months ago. So, yeah, Leo <coughs> Monaghan, uh, They Shall Not Pass. Book about centre-halves, wasn't it? Yeah, um, that's it, yeah. Yeah, it was nominated um one of the Sports Books Awards. Yes, it um, was. 2022, so 
great writer. He also did Three Kings. Yes, he did. One of my yeah. favourite books, Busby, yeah. Shankly and Steen. Yeah. Great writer. So Johnny. is his dad, actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yes. Yes, yeah. comes from good stock. And yeah. um, it comes from the video, the DVD, didn't it? The documentary that Johnny Owen done. And, Johnny and Owen, Le- yeah. And Leo yeah, wrote the book. So, uh, yeah, we, we spoke about both of those books in the podcast. Uh, John Sperling, uh, we caught up with John earlier this year for a chat about his fantastic book, Get It On. Um, <coughs> yeah. And, and, and his favourite record of, uh, of those times as well. That's what it was called, Get It yeah. On. So um, the 70s. Anytime I see a 70s book, I am get really excited about uh, it. That- and that's a great book. It's it's um it's quite a, a, like an evotic, uh, um It's just wonderful. Yeah, it's it's funny and it's poignant and fascinating all at the same time. It's a great book. It starts Some cracking off, tales. Yeah, it starts off with the um the World Cup, doesn't it? With the uh, yes. ITV yeah. versus the BBC. Um, yeah, and some fantastic tales about those days. Uh, John yeah. Sperling, get it on. And yeah, and get it on, get it into your Christmas. Uh, I don't know, do people still have stockings these days? Or do we wrap everything <laughs> up, but either hang it on the mantelpiece or stick it under the Christmas tree? And the cut yeah. by Richard Whitehead, a phenomenal oh, yeah, book, not just pictorial, but great stories oh, God, yeah. as well yeah. in, in the cup. And, yeah. um, and, and a lovely title, could have called it the FA Cup, but, you know, just called it the cup and yeah. looks at various... Um, scenarios, uh, m- managers, players, yep. situations regarding the world's greatest cup competition, uh, the FA Cup. So uh, great, yeah, well done, put together, isn't it? Yeah, yeah great put together. Yeah. I, think, I think it's one of those books. There's some books that will stand the test of time, and that's one of those I do because the cup. The cup they say it's lost his bit of man, so I don't know how I've, sometimes the media put a spin on that. Yeah, they do. I, I don't think it has. I think still people love the FA Cup, and I certainly do. Uh, and, you know, I'd love to win the FA Cup well, more than quite a few things, really, to have that day. Um, but that's a great book, and it just picks up, yeah, the romance of the Cup, doesn't it? And it'd be one of them. If FA Cup was to ever, I don't know, die a death, you look back at some of the stories that that competition's created. Oh, uh, magical. just magical right away through the pyramid. That's what makes English football brilliant, isn't it? It is right away through the pyramid. You got the non-league shots, your Sutton United, your Herefords, your Ronnie Radford's moments, yep. right up to those great world um, finals and semi-finals. Just got it all, isn't it? The cup. And, and most cups are just cups, but the FA Cup is a special cup. So yeah. they gave it a lid to keep the magic inside that FA Cup. Love that, and, yeah, um, love that. And, and just some wonderful stories, accounts, etc., on the world's yeah. greatest cup competition by Richard yeah. Whitehead. All these podcasts, by the way, you can get on the usual way that you source podcasts. So I usually just trawl through Spotify and listen to various <laughs> yeah. podcasts. I think it's a, a great app. There are many other apps like Acast, etc., and um, and and podcasts I find are so. Just a, a great way of of listening to people talking about football and uh, and educating yeah. yourself because sometimes I don't have enough time to read books. But when I'm working <laughs> away, I'll just put on a podcast and listen. I do like um, Outside Right with Chris Lee. I think it's uh, a great podcast. Yeah, brilliant. These 
football times. Uh, Gary Saka out of the blue. I done a, a podcast yeah. with Gary about his latest book, Out of the Blue, about Chelsea in 2012. Uh, FA Cup yeah. and uh, European, well, European Cup Champions League, as it's called today. And uh, I did a podcast with Gary. Uh, I think it was 2021. Beautiful bridesmaids dressed in yeah. orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so funny. And again this year, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, not, yeah not, not quite as beautiful. Not quite the same, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but not quite the legs there, probably. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, when he goes up and takes a penalty, just give him a slap. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. 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 There you go. What else you got for us, mate? Uh, well, I'll shout out, the, the, I did three, re- I do three recommended reads every month uh, in my monthly newsletter. And the three that I put in this um time there's a book called football cliches cliches yeah by, by called uh adam Murray. it's just a really funny book there's lots of cliches that uh football um commentators use and uh, it just captures all of them just a great fun book uh dr socrates by andrew dowdy uh, uh it's a biography yeah so football a philosopher legend yeah. uh it's a great book yeah fantastic that one by andrew dowdy and the last one uh, linking it back to Argentina, actually, is by Jonathan Wilson again. So, but it's called another title, Angels with Dirty Faces. Yes. And it's the footballing history of Argentina. And you've got on the front of the book, uh, it, well, it looks like it's Messi, who's back to you. He's got his number 10 on the back. Yeah, it does. Uh, and we could be, it could be his moment, couldn't it, this weekend yeah, it uh, against France. So, uh, uh, it's almost like I knew that was coming. So, uh, yeah, that was one of my recommended reads. It's a fantastic book, and just again, as I think we touched on earlier, when we talked about Uruguay. You know, Argentina is such so in love with football, and it's everything, isn't it? As it is in many countries. I think it's a great country as well. Steeped in the tradition mm. of uh, football. Yeah. Fantastic cuisine. Uh, yeah, and, absolutely. And wonderful wines as well. So yeah, uh, yeah God bless Argentina. It's a battle of yeah. the uh, the wineries, isn't it? Messi and Mbappe. <laughs> who's got the best wine? I'm just going to edge for Argentina. I prefer a Malbec than a Bordeaux. But there you go. Yeah. It's all personal yeah. taste. Uh, Paul Trevelyan, <laughs> a story of sock tags in self-belief. What a legend, yeah. Paul Trevelyan. Yeah. Uh, still can't read and write, but keeps doing what he does and drawing. Unbelievable. What a character. Yeah. I think his podcast went on for about two and a half hours. And yeah. I think it took me Did about... speak? About forty minutes, I think. Yeah. I think it was about forty minutes, and he said, "Um, do you want to say something?" I said, "Nope, I'm happy letting you yeah. just rattle on, Paul. Carry on." You, you don't mind, do you? Oh, he's just a legend, <laughs> phenomenal. I mean, one of the game's great characters, Paul Trevelyan, yeah. and and. You know, again, I think the word genius gets bandied around a lot. Yeah. Paul Trevelyan yeah. is a genius. Genius. He definitely is. Genius. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You recognise his work straight away, don't you? Oh, phenomenal. And also, uh, in the latest edition of Back Pass, there is a Paul Trevelyan uh, with uh, Diego Maradona as well. He just drew everyone. Oh, is there? Mm. All right. Okay. Excellent. Good stuff. Um. Yeah. So I mentioned, because you asked about books that's coming out in 2023. I'm just going to pick out a few that's coming out. Yep. Um, we no surprise to you. It's a few from coming out from Pitch. 
There is one, because I mentioned um, Diego Maradona. So there's a book coming out. There's been a few books on uh, Maradona, but this is uh, Inside uh, Diego, uh, and it's it's an intimate portrait uh, of arguably one of the greatest footballers of all time. Um, but it's written by... Um, there's a few contributors, and one of them's uh, one of Maradona's personal trainers okay. from 1983 to 1994, and he worked with the Argentina national team and several other clubs. Uh, and then there's another one of the other contributors is author of many books. Uh, he adds to it, and there's also a journalist. And so there's a combination of writers all writing about Maradona, but they've got some insight as well. So it's a unique look. Right. So it's um, it looks a fascinating story. So. Uh, and I love the line it says here. It says it's brimming with incredible stories and anecdotes. It's an intensely personal roller coaster, roller coaster uh, account of a flawed football genius. And you mentioned the word genius, and he was one of them, wasn't he? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and um, many sides to his character, wasn't there? As many geniuses have. So I just uh, think that when you're Maradona, I think it's very difficult. Uh, and I think that the, the mm. game is different now, but. On the pitch, he had the shit kicked out of him uh, for 90 yeah. minutes. And then when he was off the pitch, um, he also had it kicked out of him as well. Yeah. So I think that when people do judge Diego Maradona, uh, yeah. walk a mile in his shoes, we can't yeah. do that. So I don't think we should judge him. Judge him on what he's yeah. done on a football pitch. And for me, Maradona was the greatest football player of my lifetime. I know I there was players before, like De Stefano, like Puskas, um, you know, and George Best really yeah. finished before I started uh, getting yeah. into football. But I think that, um, you know, we can never forget those players, John Charles and Duncan Edwards, and then we mentioned Garincha and so many great players of the past, Neil Franklin, uh, and yeah. another English player. So never, ever forget those players. But, you know, you can only really judge players that you've you've seen um, yeah. in my lifetime the greatest uh, was Diego Maradona I think he was just just different class but you know echo that absolutely yeah. but a good uh, segue to that there's one you mentioned in that long list uh, his books comes out in February is uh, biography of Duncan Edwards yes uh, so a lost genius as it says as a subtitle so it's called uh, Eternal uh, Barton, and yeah, Wayne Barton. He's the he's the preeminent writer on anything Manchester United. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's written, he did one on George Best last year. Yeah, uh, sorry, this last year or this year? Yeah, I forget. Yeah, true, yeah. Uh, true genius. But yeah, he's wrote, he's wrote one uh, about Duncan Edwards. So it's a brand new dog. So it takes a frenzied look at his extraordinary life of an ordinary boy who was destined for greatness. And uh, it's authorised by the Edwards family. There's all new stories of Duncan's life and his childhood as well as football and career, and it's brought to life. And you know if Wayne Barton involved, it's going to be a crack read. He's got a one... He's, he's, the man can't write a bad sentence. I think yeah. he's a brilliant writer. And, um, yeah, we all know what happened, sadly, to the end of uh, yeah. that uh, short career, yeah. just 21. Yeah, yeah, we'll never know, will we? And um, when, but, in the podcast with John, <clears throat> and, and it's in John's book, uh, when he first yeah. met Duncan Edwards, he's, he's, uh, he's seen Duncan Edwards with... Uh, eating an apple on a wall. It's just, the, right. you know, they're, they're moments of complete innocence. You yeah. know, and, uh, and John was talking about uh, Liam Whelan as well because he come from the same part of, of Dublin as um, yeah. as John. Um, 
slightly, you know, away from John was Ormond Square. Uh, Nicole yeah. from Cabra, uh, Liam Ryland, but they, um, yeah, they they connected whilst they were at Manchester United, and although we didn't really know the babes, but um, when he yeah. first went over there, and then when he went back, the babes were very prominent, and and John also tells me <clears throat> about how we learned of Munich Air disaster, and all this as well will be in that wonderful book about yeah. the great Duncan Edwards, one of one yeah. of the all-time great football players, and John Charles is another uh, legend as well. Yeah, I absolutely. Suppose very similar to Duncan. <clears throat> um, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. we've had we've had so many in the past, and as I say, it's great that 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 writers still keep writing and publishing houses, <laughs> keep publishing these books, and uh, please read the books um, because. These are great stories from players that, uh, again, I'm going to use that. Too good to be forgotten. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'll, I'll end on one that's coming out in 2023. It links quite well with the upcoming World Cup final, and it's called The Match, and it's a story of Italy versus Brazil at Spain 82. Ooh, so, uh, Who's wrote that? Yeah, it's written by um, Piero Cialini. So okay. I think I'm, I'm guessing, uh, yeah, he's born in Rome. Yeah. Uh, so he does, I, don't, I don't really know that because it says on the back of the author. So yeah, he's born in Rome in 1970. He still lives there. Uh, in fact, he spent most of his life researching and reliving the Italian um, Italy Brazil match of 1982. So collecting stories, anecdotes, memorabilia, including the referee's whistle that was used that day, oh. apparently. <laughs> so, and he's written for various Italian newspapers uh, and he's written other books as well. But yeah, so it's a tale of one of the, yeah, the most iconic games in World Cup history. Yeah, uh, and yeah I, I guess if you're looking at, you know, the most iconic games in World yeah. Cup history, you know, ta- taking away the final, because we always look at the World yeah. Cup final, don't we? And, yeah, you know, the, yeah from whatever World Cup it was from 30 to now. But yeah. within those games of getting to the final, okay, the group stages sometimes weren't the greatest of, of, of games. And I think yeah. in that tournament in particular, I don't think, I think Italy had only scored one goal in qualification, yeah. but then they really um, put the foot on the gas when they played Brazil. And I think that yeah. that Brazil team was one of the greatest not to win the World Cup. Of course, Italy went on and lifted yeah, the uh, the trophy. But that'll be that'll be a great book. I, mean, I mm. do another a game of my life. I wouldn't mind talking to him about a game of my life because that was a game of yeah. Paolo Rossi's life. And sadly, yeah, he passed away, didn't he? Uh, last he did. year, Paolo Rossi. Yeah. Yeah, he scored a hat trick, of course, in that game, didn't he? Yeah, so uh, I'll I'll see what I can do, Paul. I'll, I'll see. I'll speak to Pitch Publisher and see if we can set someone up to because that'd be great to listen to talk to the author then of that book. So uh, yeah, um, but yeah, no, great iconic game. It was um, so I would have only been three years old at the time, so I don't remember it entirely, but I've seen it. Eighty-two. <laughs> I was eighteen. Were you so right? Seventeen, going on eighteen. <laughs> So we're both still young then. Yes, I remember Excellent. it very well. <laughs> very well. Excellent. Yeah. And it was in the, the Barcelona. It was in the Barcelona, but not the Camp Nou, was it? It was um, another ground. I'm not sure. Uh, I couldn't tell you I'm where the game sure was, was being played. But I remember yeah. watching the game as a kid 
um, yeah. and thinking, oh my God, because I was hoping Brazil was going to win. You know, Brazil yeah. was, you know, all of our teams, well, yeah. all of our second team, we, of course, England, we wanted England to win. England didn't yeah. lose a game in that tournament under Ron Greenwood. They didn't. But we got no, knocked out, yeah. Yeah, but that's all right. But Brazil were the entertainers, Socrates, oh, yeah. there and Zico and Falcao, and they were oh, ju- yeah. uh, junior. Oh, they were just different class. Wow. But yeah. on that day, the Italians done a job on them, and Paolo Rossi was phenomenal, and he wrote yeah. his name in World Cup folklore. So, yeah, great read. I uh, just want to give a couple of mentions to players that I've interviewed on our. Uh, legends of the 70s and John McGovern yep. had a, a an autobiography out uh, not long ago yeah. Uh, love that yeah love have that. you, have met, you McGovern, read met John, I've met John a couple of times around myself yeah have you so, read, uh, read his book yeah from Bonus to that's Bonus the, to Burnabout that's I think, the I one yeah. On yeah. yeah that's the one yeah I have yeah a great lad uh, Steve Perryman a forever spur that is Great a book. phenomenal. I mean, that's not a book. That's a work of art. Yeah. And yeah, I, okay. I've done a podcast with Stevie. Um, and there, there is another book out uh, about the uh, 1981 FA Cup final, which is the the hundredth, not the centenary, but the hundredth, right. because the centenary right. was 1972. Yeah. Yeah. Because it started yeah. in 1972, but the it was 1981, Spurs versus Manchester City. Oh, um, yes. Which brings me yeah. nicely to Hutch, uh, the book about Tommy Hutchinson. Great. And I had yeah. a wonderful hour and a half uh, trip down memory lane with Hutch talking to me about his career. And yeah. the full Morty as well, Dennis Morty. Oh, we've done, yeah, we've done five podcast legends podcasts in 20, uh, 2022. And uh, Dennis Mortimer, the full Morty, great title given to him by Andy Blair. So uh, thanks, guys, for your time. All of the authors that have given us time to uh, do podcasts. And I'd worked it out. I think I've done about 80 podcasts, as you said earlier, in the, you know, phenomenal (laughs) amount. You know, ties me out just thinking about the amount of podcasts. Yeah, and, um, (laughs) and a massive thanks to Alan Hudson, and Terry Curran, my regular yeah. podcast uh, partners, and SRB Media and Chris that produces them all for us. Anything else that you would like to add, or anything else? I, titles I just got to, next year. Yeah, but I would like to echo everything you just said, and well done to you in pulling all that together as well. It's great that uh, uh, we get to hear these stories of um, those times and brings it to life. It's brilliant, and yeah. And if I link it to the books, you know, it's great synergy in the, the podcast. To bring it to life, you hear them talking as well as reading the books. So, and there's so much. I, the, the, I counted I, the, on this podcast, I've talked about 30 books just in this one podcast. So yeah. you think there's so many books out there and stories. So a big thank you to all the publishers and the many authors out there. And a thank you to the followers as well um, that follow me on Twitter, etc. It's always great to hear good feedback on it. People are finding out new stories, which is essentially what, yeah, I suppose what I was hoping to do and achieve is to get people to learn more about football and not just um, what you hear about in the then and now kind of thing. So, and that's why you do an excellent job. So, well done to you, Paul. So, and thank you very much. 
Absolutely, and this has been part 10, and we usually do about two hours, don't we? Because <laughs> we just talk about titles of books. Neither of us know where we're going. Um, <laughs> we just go off at tandems and we talk about various things, and then a book yeah. will just crop up in conversation and we'll go down that little avenue. So it's just a podcast that you and I get together, usually about every four to six weeks, um, yeah, and it. chat for a couple of hours about football books and promoting football books. And um, it's a lovely pair of hours, mate. So thank you um, for your time, as you. always. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we will reconvene in January. It's been some time this year because you'd had holiday yeah. and then we'd had this and then yeah. I'd had a bloody tough out and what have you and <laughs> I've had my mouth all you know stitched up and stuff and and what have you and then we Christmas and it's all mad so <laughs> it just it, it's just been a mad year but it's been a great year yeah. and, and your mouth's uh, all ready now for the Christmas uh festivities drink and food and yeah well know, i just put a bit of, bit of argentinian red wine around the yeah uh, yeah and it's two nails up there isn't it? <laughs> fabulous right excellent thank you for your happy. time sir happy christmas and great new year and um happy reading guys is your line isn't it that you leave with uh, yeah happy reading all and happy christmas take care of yourselves cheers thanks for listening guys Bye. see you Bye. soon cheers thanks andy bye, bye. for now bye bye, bye. 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 Thank you.